everyone. Welcome to The Graduates, a radio show dedicated to graduate student research here at Berkeley. My name is Stephanie Gerson. I am a graduate student myself, and I'll be your hostess for the show on this radio station, KALX Berkeley. Back in December, I spoke with Laura Gregg, a Master of Fine Arts student in the art department. So welcome, Laura. Thank you, Stephanie. (laughs) And um, Laura's working on an internet-controlled paintball gun. So first, I'll just have you describe uh, the project. So the the project is called uh, Someone's Knocking at the Door. Um, It started with the idea of creating a collaborative painting and it's it's sort of hard to motivate people to collaborate on on paintings or on artwork so I thought it would be nice to have a fun interaction that's that's enjoyable and can sustain attention for at least a short amount of time so it's yeah a web-enabled paintball gun basically there's a robotic turret set up in my studio trained on a canvas and you can go online and aim and fire this gun and shoot a random color paintball at the canvas Huh. Okay, so what's the user experience? So the user goes online, and what are the choices that the user has? So you see a webcam that's that's online that's attached to the um, the tripod that holds the gun, and you can within within the canvas space that you can see, you can click on any area, and that will re-aim where the gun is pointing, and then you can double click, and it fires. Hmm. So this is a really interesting this is a really interesting project and it brings up a lot of issues but I think uh first I'm going to ask what inspired you to make this. So I it was actually a I was in a game design class and I was trying to uh, trying to trying to find a way to allow people to collaborate that was um you know easy to motivate participation and uh created almost as this um, unintentional byproduct sort of a, a painting and I am have always been interested in paintball guns despite never playing the sport <laughs> and um, being a little scared of it and being totally scared of guns any kind of gun I mm. still can't even after working with it for months now I still can't stand in front of it even mm. when it's off but I guess the web interface makes it a little less scary yeah definitely but it's still scary to have the thing in my studio especially um, once I surrender control to (laughs) strangers on the internet Um, but I I was very fascinated by this device so it definitely inspired the project and I I love paintballs themselves too it's it's sort of an interesting um, and strange sort of cultural token and and I wanted to play around with it and and, I wanted to play around with collaborative painting in a, in, a, in an abstract way. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are just joining us, this is Stephanie Gerson with The Graduates on CalEx, and today I'm talking to Laura Gregg, an MFA student who's building an internet-controlled paintball gun. So before we go on, what is the website that people can go to to play with this when it's ready? So the website is, um, my, my portfolio website is lauragreg.com, that's L-A-U-R-A-G-R-E-I-G, and slash paintball to go to the um, Someone's Knocking at the Door project. Good. So one of the issues that this brings up is the issue of authorship. So how do you attribute authorship to a decentralized population of people, essentially? 
It's it's true. It's an interesting problem and, and something I'm thinking about and still playing around with. I don't know how people will feel about totally surrendering um, or surrendering their uh, their authorship to this piece and not having a name. I, I I'm I intend to really not have a not have a way to sort of leave your name next to the marks you make. Um, though I'm you know willing to think about that somewhere. Uh, but it is it is an interesting problem because it's my piece, but I am not at all creating the painting and and creating sort of the final product of the uh, you know or, or the art object itself. So it's it's not my piece anymore. It's um, a lot of people's, but yeah, it's not. There are no names attached to it either. So it is a strange. It is a strange authorship and something I'm I'm keen on exploring a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you refer to the art object, um, but there's a difference between the concept for the piece, which is clearly something that is yours, let's say, but and the painting, which is something that, yeah, the issues of authorship are kind of blurry. But um, but let's just stick with the object itself, the painting. So if the painting sold for millions of dollars, right, <laughs> who would get paid for the painting? Well, that's that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. I suppose my web hosting <laughs> would get paid a little <laughs> bit. Um, if I got to that point, I'm I'm not sure how to deal with it. I suppose I'd try to distribute it, or at least put that money towards creating an, a new art object or a new art device or a new means of creating new art objects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we see this issue of how to attribute authorship um, and intellectual property. Um, to a decentralized population a lot in this whole era of Web 2.0, right, where a lot of the content is collaboratively produced. Um, And property law gives us this notion of the commons, right, property that's individually owned but communally managed, or at least the community has rights to it, and that's kind of the inspiration for this whole creative commons license. Um, And I I think creative commons is trying to create a license for collective authorship so would you would you be interested in using something like that for the painting yeah of course i do use so the interface itself is built in an open source environment called processing um which you can find at processing.org which i love and i love programming in it and i think it's just really interesting and really beautiful so all my code is is available on the website you're more than welcome to sort of build your own and uh, I, I absolutely support the tenets of, of Creative Commons. I am a huge fan of Lawrence Lessig. I think he's done really wonderful work, and I would love to see a, a, a common collaborative attribute license. I think that would be a, re- a really interesting path to take. So I would certainly put that on. I'd be curious to know how people feel about the the authorship they wish to keep over any um, any participation they they put towards the piece. I, I don't at all know how people will react to that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were talking about what, are people going to sign it? Mm-hmm. And if they sign it, is that going to be visible to everybody? Um, but I, but you haven't figured that out yet mm-hmm. necessarily. Are you going to ask people for their contact information? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't planning on it. I suppose I, I was thinking of having using Flickr. Flickr has that beautiful um, annotating tool, right, where you can sort of add these notes so I thought it would be nice to sort of keep keep a Flickr page updated with 
photos of the canvas as it develops and grows and and then people could go on and and annotate the painting ah, with their uh, you know if right. they see oh this is the spot i right or or your signature could just be the state of the painting at the point that you contributed to it mm-hmm. yeah so once again you can check out laura's paintball gun on the web at lauragreg.com slash paintball that's l-a-u-r-a g-r-e-i-g dot com slash paintball and we'll be right back on next week's show I'll be talking to Caricia Catalani from the public health department about her video voice project so please join me Stephanie Gerson for the graduates every Monday from 12 to 12.30 on CalEx and if you have general feedback ideas for graduate students to interview or if you'd like to be interviewed yourself don't be shy send an email to thegraduatescalex at aol.com thegraduatescalex all one word thegraduatescalex at aol.com so welcome back Today I'm talking to Laura Gregg, an MFA student here at Berkeley, about her internet-controlled paintball gun. Okay, so another issue that this brings up is that this is a gun. So yes, it shoots paint, but it is still a gun, um, which definitely suggests the possibility of internet-controlled weaponry, right? And I guess this kind of goes back to the attribution or the, the authorship but this time we're not calling it authorship, we're calling it liability, mm. right? And, and the question of how to hold a decentralized population liable for something. Um, so I'm curious, why did you, well, you talked about how you like paintball guns, but um, would you have used, would you have similarly wanted to use some kind of robotic paintbrush thing, or is it something about a gun in particular that you were interested in? Is it an aesthetic choice, a symbolic choice? That's a really great uh, question. I think one of my motivators was, well, you know, also robotic paintbrushes have been done in a number of ways. But also, I, yeah, I love this. I love this device. And they're actually called paintball markers. They refuse to call them paintball guns. Huh. It's, it's another sort of liability thing, I imagine. Um, but I wanted to take this device that I uh, admire so much and remove the, remove the violence of it in a way, um, to use it to create something that, that's an art piece. It seems such a strange device that that shoots out paint. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's this violent object, but it's a completely robbed of its violence by, yeah, by shooting out paint, which is a beautiful and wonderful substance in itself. So I did, I did want to, yeah, certainly using a robotic paintbrush would not have the same um, personal affect as, as using the gun does. But there are a number of, of topics that come up immediately. People's reactions when I talk about this piece is, oh, it's a feminist piece. Oh, it's a nonviolent piece. Mm. And that is not quite the path I wanted to go. And, you know, it's okay for people to think whatever they like. But mm-hmm. um, Do you have any, any future plans for making this into, you know, taking it even further? I guess the gun idea, even for like an army of paintball guns or something, or you know, I guess referring to what people are what people are going to think about the fact that it is a gun mm. and where you can take that. 
It's true. It's definitely, uh, I mean, it's definitely going to depend on, on the reaction I get to it and the participation I get in it. Um, I'm curious to see where people take it and and sort of get direction through that. One thing I am very interested in is manufacturing my own paintballs. Mm. So if I were to take this a step further, I think that's the way I'd go. Um, I think it's really interesting that you they, they don't make red paintballs. Hmm. It's illegal in the sport to use red paintballs. Because it looks like blood? Right, exactly. Yeah. It's a safety concern, which I think is really, it, it was really surprising to me to hear because I didn't expect uh, that, you know, that culture to be sensitive to something like that. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I decided to keep it as a constraint. I'm not going to try to oh. create red paintballs. No. Um, but it is an interesting one. Um, and they are they are mostly biodegradable, but I'd like to play around. Sort of the shells are made of crude oil and aren't the best um, way I think you can do it. So I'd like to play around with that further and just really, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of ownership over devices and, and pieces come from taking them apart and, and really understanding them and really sort of being able to build them from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who just tuned in, you're listening to The Graduates on Calex. This is Stephanie Gerson, and I'm talking to Laura Gregg about her internet-controlled paintball gun. All right, so another issue that this brings up is the question that we always come back to of the, is this art, right? Um, The same old, you know, what is art, and does it require an artist? And I guess in this case it would be, does it require an artist with some kind of deliberate intention or more choices other than just direction and fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, it's a tough question. And, and uh, as, a, as a very new green artist, it's, it's a hard one for me to answer. I don't, I don't know how to define what art is. And, and as, you know, someone who associates it with the, with the new media genre of art it's it's hard to define new media art at all and and to talk about it it's it's a new field and it's there's there isn't the same sort of common language that there is around um other other disciplines which makes it difficult but also makes it you know more interesting and i think i i had waleed beshti who's a photographer visit my studio recently um to talk about the, the piece with me and he did this really wonderful thing of of really breaking it into to three elements of a, of a painting, of a sculpture being the, the gun, and of uh, you know a website or a collaboration or whatever mm. you'd want to call the final mm-hmm. part. So I, I thought that was a really wonderful way to break it down and and very useful um, to think about it that way. So yeah, the the painting is not at all something I'm going to be involved with, but. The mm-hmm. device certainly is. So I, mm-hmm. I am sort of a sculptor in this way, and I am a little bit of a, um, you know, uh, an interaction designer, or mm-hmm. a, I, I'm not sure. I yeah. would never call myself a computer scientist or a computer programmer or mm-hmm. a web designer, so I don't want to try to fill any of those roles. But, you know, clearly I, I'm doing some programming. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. No, earlier in the conversation I differentiated between the concept and the actual painting. But mm-hmm. yeah, you could split it up in different ways. And mm-hmm. I guess the question of, of is this art 
it's, you know, wh- which aspect of this are you talking about? Do you want to consider the whole thing together or do you want to say, I am the artist of this part, <laughs> whereas everyone else is the artist of some other part? But I find it kind of ironic, or maybe not ironic, that um, uh, with this decentralized art production um, that, that seems uncontrolled and it seems like there's all these possibilities the painting kind of always ends up looking the same, maybe or maybe not, kind of like experimental music. Just kidding. <laughs> any experimental musicians out there? But um, I think a better analogy might be um, Arthur's Canvas. There's mm-hmm. a, um, I think he's a, he's a graduate student in computer science. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I we'll don't get know. him on the show sometime <laughs> to talk about this. But he created this virtual canvas where people can write whatever they want, um, but they can't take it back, which is great. But um, it all ends up being pretty predictable. You see, you know, someone is a hottie and someone is sexy and there's lots of exclamation points and uh, there's compliments to, to Arthur. And, um, and so I got on there last night and I wrote, I think this is great, but doesn't it always end up looking the same unless I do something monotonous like this? And then I just pressed eight, the number eight, and I let it just go. And then I entered it and it actually went off the canvas because I didn't put any spaces in it. So it was just kind of, (laughs) I was trying to be monotonous and and make it look different. And it ended up looking totally different because (laughs) it went all the way off the canvas, like nothing else that was on there, which I found kind of amusing, but not to say that art has Mm -hmm. to be unpredictable or, or unmonotonous to be artful. But if you did the painting, if you did this interaction, multiple times do you think it would end up looking the same and does that even matter or not because the art is in the interaction and in the idea anyway yeah i mean that's 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 a good question as well and and i am really curious to see if people come up with unique ways to leave their mark or or uh, more interesting things I, I, you know another another statement i i intend to talk about or or intend to imply um in this piece is uh the um you know internet ADD or or whatever you'd like to call it this this 30 second attention span we're we're all dealing with as we become more um avid media consumers and it's actually it's actually okay and and for me if if all the pieces end up looking the same and I I'm only working with one canvas for the duration of the piece I, um but even if I were to run several, I think actually um, the similarity you'd see uh, the similarity you'd see between them is almost the most interesting part. You know, to see a bunch of random strangers interacting for thirty seconds, not having a really involved uh, artistic uh, experience or intention behind it, to see that same pattern form across a completely different set of people each time is very interesting and I think it says a lot about our attention span or our our, uh, internet use, uh, neither of which I think is a bad thing. I'm very interested in in both. Um, Yeah, I don't don't think ADD is something to be fought personally. (laughs) It's something I relish in myself. (laughs) So, Um, Actually, that uh, now I'm wondering, do you, are you going to have an ending point? Is there going to be at some point when you say, okay, this painting is done? Is there going to be a time limit? Or, and, how many, and how many chances do people get to shoot the gun? Yeah, so Especially if you're not collecting identification information. Mm. Yeah, no, you can, you, can, you can go on and fire it as many times as you like. 
there will if it got if I got high traffic, I'll start to sort of have to deal with the issues of um, multiple input and mm-hmm. you know maybe doing some calculation behind uh, multiple people trying to control it at once, which I think uh, can lead down some interesting roads. Um, but in terms of an ending point, I haven't I haven't quite thought of that far down yet. I'm not sure when it would be finished. I, I think there's um, there's a critical limit to how much paint the uh, canvas can take. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think it might sort of start slipping off of the plywood and things <laughs> like that. Um, so we'll see. Once it starts slipping, the painting is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Or once it gets too heavy and falls off of my studio wall. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I think I will want to be in my studio anytime it's um, active. Uh-huh. So for safety reasons. So and there's going to be set times when mm, you can yeah, go in. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I, I just feel nervous about sort of other people being in the space. It's a shared space. Um, our, our studio spaces. I mean, I have my own room, but you know, you never know who's wandering in there and I don't want anyone getting hurt. I right. don't want any damage done to the building. Right. So. People are working on their own thing. Oh, there goes Laura's paintball gun. <laughs> What's going on in the other room? <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that idea. I like that sort of, you know, image of of working there and not, you know, hearing hearing this device sort of make these creepy <laughs> robot on. sounds. Uh-huh. Um, so it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like the constraints that you put on it are kind of just going to co-evolve with the interaction. But I guess that's part of the interaction. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of the shared authorship. I'm mm-hmm. very interested to see, um, to get more feedback on it and to see how people are are reacting to it and what I could make more successful mm-hmm. in terms of adding other control elements which you asked before I, I don't I don't know I'm a little technologically limited in what I can do <laughs> personally <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll have to think of if there if there anything else if there is anything else people would like to do with it mm-hmm. besides shoot me which I'm not interested mm-hmm. in allowing <laughs> <laughs> So once again, this is The Graduates, and I'm talking to MFA student Laura Gregg. So where is the painting going to go? Um, you mean when it's finished? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, I guess if someone wants to buy it, I'd sell it. I, I'm, I, I um, am very attached to objects. I grow very attached to things and tend to keep everything. So it will probably enter my archive Um but I haven't, you know, because, you know, in particular, it's a piece that other people have now made for me. So I, I see it as something um, that I'd like to keep in the long run. But I'm open to suggestion and money. <laughs> <laughs> Especially open to money. Yeah, the interesting thing is that usually the um, these digital interfaces are used to create something digital and therefore everybody has access to it. But if you're using it to create something that can only exist in one place obviously people have access to to images of it but the painting itself um so are there any other projects that you're working on that you wanted to talk about briefly um this this is certainly my main one my focus has been um on the aesthetics of of random noise and that's sort of um an, an element um, I'm dealing with in the paintball piece, uh, sort of your your lack of color control, which is incidental to some extent, but uh, um, also what I'm interested in. And 
um, yeah, the aesthetics of of jitter and um, static noise is something I'm working on. Um, a hand a hand painted painting of <laughs> you know a random color is something I've been working on for a long time. Except it gives me severe RSI, which is really frustrating. I feel like my um, the work I've done on the computer has really limited the work I've been able to do in painting, which is hmm. which is sad. Um, but I, I'm definitely dealing with that aesthetic in, in almost everything I do. So uh, beyond that, I'm I'm really enjoying building little creatures and, and learning a bit more about electromechanics and um, just toying around. But yeah, art school is new for me, so I'm really just enjoying playing with things and, and experiencing new types of media and new, new ways to express um, my vision. <laughs> Is there a way that you would characterize your vision for your artwork in general? I know that's an enormous question. Don't ever ask an artist that. It's a very intimidating thing to ask. Hmm. Yeah, I... I don't. I don't think there's a way. I, I've a lot of people tell me, you know, that I have a style, and and you know, it's clearly my style, or it's not. And I'm told that a lot, but couldn't could never personally quantify anything I would call my own style. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so sort of randomness is is the one thread I'm working with. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, no. Um, not really. I, I know I'm not going to. Um, you you have to learn to accept your limitations in, as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, while I enjoy painting and while I enjoy photography, there, there is a threshold at which I feel like I I, I won't ever be able to you know uh, paint like Da Vinci or, or whatever. Um, so I have to learn to work within my constraints and and figure out the aesthetic that um, is my own. So, uh, you know, I think computers are um, an interesting way to go about it. I, I really love the idea of collaboration. And I think all of my pieces do include uh, collaboration and participation on behalf of the viewer, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah very, very important to me. And one of the reasons I'm enjoying so much working with people like Greg Niemeyer, um, who's my my mentor here, and... Um, Joe Mackay and a lot of these the other uh, new media artists I've had access to I just am so intrigued by reactive artwork that is um yeah that that reacts to the viewer and allows the viewer to really change it and not just in a way that they're you know oh you can push a button and a b or c happens and Mm -hmm. you know such a limited scope the way many interactive pieces are um Mm -hmm. I really want to uh, give viewers the feeling that they've um, created a change in the art piece itself or, mm-hmm. or done something to affect it yeah. one way or another. Yeah, let the viewer do the work for you, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a lot easier. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, when is this going to be done? When can we actually play with it? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, um, yeah, it runs locally. Um, at the moment, it's going to take me at least a few more weeks to uh, get the internet interactivity up and running. I should, I, I'd say, by the end of the year, it should be um, available. By the end the of two thousand seven. Yes, by the end of two thousand seven. So, is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I just want to thank um, all the people who've helped me out. I've had a, a 
a ton of help on this project. So uh, number one is Chris Wu, who uh, runs and owns the only remaining legal paintball store in the city. Um, that's SF Paintball. He's really great. He's been super helpful and is a paintball genius. Um, I have my advisor, Greg Niemeyer, who's helped me out a lot. Um, one of my co-grads, Aaron Maeta, um, has helped me so much with the mechanics of it. I don't know anything about building things, so he's been really great. Um, and Mickey Kay came in as well to help me with that. And um, my boyfriend, Braden Coetz, who's helped me a lot with programming. And yeah, just, just all, the, all the faculty and all my other grad students have just been tremendously helpful to me. So it's really been great. Thank you. Oh, and happy birthday to Wenwa. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us, Laura. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie. So if you'd like to check out Laura's paintball gun and even shoot it sometime in the near future, visit her website at lauragreg.com slash paintball. That's L-A-U-R-A-G-R-E-I-G dot com slash paintball. You've been listening to The Graduates, a radio show dedicated to graduate student research every Monday from 12 to 12.30 on KALX Berkeley. My name is Stephanie Gerson. Please send comments to thegraduatescalx at AOL.com. That's thegraduatescalx at AOL.com. And join me next week.